Hey, Will, can you hear me? I can hear you now. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, doing okay? You doing all right? I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. I'm a little bit upset still about the Ryan Jensen news. Uh, knee injury sounds like he's going to be out for a good amount of time, if not the whole season, but I don't believe they've released that information quite yet, right? Right, yeah, and then, of course, it's devastating. I mean, it's just not his play on the field that will be missed. I mean, it's the dude's tenacity, him getting under the opponent's skin. I mean, there's just so much more that Ryan Jensen brings to the table than on-field play. And, yeah, I mean, you could hear it in Tom Brady's voice the other day during his press conference. I mean, it was – you can tell it's a big loss, and it's definitely going to be a big loss moving forward. Yeah, I, it's it's tough. I mean, I think it's always that next man up mentality. I think every football team has that. You got Robert Hainsey that's going to be handling the snaps. There was talks of uh, going to get uh, the the old center from Cleveland, but that just doesn't seem like it's going to be in the cards, and Hainsey is going to be the guy uh, going forward, so it's all about getting him ready. For sure, and the good news is they've got plenty of time, and they can also – roll through some padded practices because obviously camp is now in the padded practice phase and it's going to stay that way. Uh, but they can roll through some of these padded practice. And if Hainsey just doesn't look up to speed or up to par, whatever verbiage you want to use, then maybe, yeah, they can dip into the free agency pool um, depending on who's still available. If, you know, things change on the market from now and then, but either way, at some point you've got to develop your, your draft picks. And the one key thing about Robert Hainsey and Ryan Jensen is both of their contracts end in three years after the 2024 season, they'll both be free agents. So, you know, if this is quote unquote Hainsey's tryout year and it works well, well, you know, you've got a, at least a decent backup plan in mind for whenever Jensen's contract does run out and God forbid, but let's say this is a, uh, more than just a 2022 thing with Jensen. Let's say he has complications next year. Or let's say it's career ending. Like I said, God forbid, not trying to put that on the universe. But at least then, now you know what you have in hand moving forward. So it's not all, you know, it's not all gloom and doom. It is a tough situation, but fortunately it happened now and not week six. Yeah, it's it's just one of those positions outside of, you know, uh, again, don't want to put it out in the universe, but Tom Brady going down, this is kind of the second worst injury because it's, right. I mean, they work in tandem. They're a team. They're they're the first line, the first, you know, uh, that's how a play develops, you know, is those two guys and they're so comfortable with each other. That was one of the big things that I believe Ryan Jensen was going to sign with the Bengals. And uh, it was kind of a last second thing, like Tom saying, hey, I'm coming back. And then all of a sudden he's back with the with the Buccaneers because of that and that relationship that they do have. So it's it's tough. But I've heard really good things about Hainsey. I know he spent last uh, last uh, break with uh, AQ Shipley working out in Arizona and apparently has a very high football IQ. He's great at reading defenses, and uh, that's what Tom Brady wants. So he's just going to have to get a bunch of baby powder and towels to uh, make sure he stays dry back there. And, and this is this is it. This is his tryout next man up. So we're, uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed for that, certainly. 100%. And he's got to have a high football IQ because he played so many positions in college, and he played both guard and tackle. And now, obviously, he's transferring over to center in the NFL. So, I mean, that takes a lot of a lot of processing, a lot of mental um, fortitude and space. Something that I don't have, so I definitely might tip my hat to him. Yeah, one of the one of the uh, things I saw today, my friend sent me a message, and my heart sank a little bit. Was that 
Tristan Wirfs was reported to get carted off the field today. Maybe uh, Rick Stroud jumped the gun a little bit on that. It's my understanding that uh, Bruce Arians was out on the field in his golf cart, and he was he just had some cramps, and, and Bruce took him in his golf cart yeah. and kind of took him off the field there. But, uh, oh, man, I was like, oh, God, no. Oh, please, no. Tom's just going to leave us <laughs> right now and just be like, I'm done. I, I can't say, do this. Yeah. I was going to say, Tom, Tom's just going to retire if Tristan ends up missing time. He's just like, guys, I'm out. I'm done. See y'all. I should have stayed retired. Yeah, that was a, that was a big relief. That was uh, terrifying. But luckily, uh, yeah, he's just got some cramps. It's very hot out there. Now, you did, have you been to uh, training camp yet? Are you planning on getting down here? I will not be able to make it down there this year, but I will be at the joint practices whenever they come up to Nashville uh, to face the Titans. So I will be there for those two days. But no, I have not been able to see anything in person unfortunately this year with the with the website expansion i've got to stay back and uh, man the ship for so to speak so got to make sure things get off to a smooth start in this first year and then next year i'll be back on the road well i know you're definitely keeping you got some uh not spies but you have some relationships with media what are you hearing from training oh, yeah. camp who's kind of surprising turning some heads uh any any sort of uh, negative things that you're seeing going on out there no, so Rashad White, I mean, he's been – a lot of people are chattering about him right now. And coming into training camp, some people were wondering if he would be able to kick Giovanni Bernard off the roster at some point. And, you know, and it makes sense, too, considering the other positions of need on, on the Buccaneers roster. If Rashad White can prove himself to be adequate in pass protection – Obviously, he's got the playmaking ability. He's got the speed. He's got the hands. He's essentially what Gio Bernard was when what he was when he got drafted. You know, eight nine years ago, whenever it was. Um, so that's one player that's really stood out. Tyler Johnson is obviously off to a way better start than he was last camp. I think he definitely learned his lessons from that. And it sounds like he's he's kind of off the bubble. I don't. You know, you could make an argument he was never really on the bubble. But when you look at the Bucks receiver room especially after Chris Godwin didn't go on PUP and after the addition of Julio Jones, it's a toss up for those last two or three, you know, maybe three spots. Who knows if the Bucks carry seven receivers, they've only done it once since the staff has been here in Tampa Bay. So you could technically say any of those receivers vying for those last couple spots are on the bubble, but regardless, Tyler Johnson has looked good. He's had, he's had a much better approach to the start of camp this year. And then Logan Hall, I've, He's he's flashed, but you know definitely still developing there. And then Akeem Hicks, um, everybody's saying he looks great and he's healthy. He's ready to go. I mean, even Jason Light said he's going to have a hell of a year. So really excited to see what he does. Who who is uh, kind of projected right now? I know it's early, but if they, I'm trying to think. I'm going down the list of receivers here. You got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, you got Julio Jones, you got Gage that just came in, Tyler Johnson. Uh, who's going to be the person to do the kick returning and, and punts? That's a great question. You know, you figured Jalen Darden was still in that spot right now, just based off of last year, but obviously he had his struggles and his inconsistencies. When you get down to the, to the receiver five receiver six position, those two guys have to play special teams. I mean, because think about it, you, you especially if, well, let me take a half a step back. Tampa Bay this year would be, adept to run some five receiver sets since Gronk isn't on the field. But the last two years, you know, you got Gronk and you got your four wide receivers. So even then you're not going to be running five receiver sets a lot. So when you get to that wide receiver five, wide receiver six, and especially wide receiver seven, they've got to play special teams or else they're just going to be taking up a roster spot. Tyler Johnson obviously has a lot of special teams experience. 
Then after that, you have Scotty Miller, who played a little bit of special teams last year. It was kind of more of a force thing just to get him on the field. Um, and then Cyril Grayson has some, some experience as a returner, a couple of kicks returned here, but he could also be a gunner. So it's going to be a toss-up between those guys. Rashad Perriman does not play special teams, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, it's it, it's going to come down to the special teams ability. So you would think Tyler Johnson and Jalen Dart fill those last two spots, in my opinion, at least. Mm. Um, so tell me about the piece that you came out with today. I saw that uh, it's titled NFL Investigation Proves Tom Brady's Disloyalty to the Buccaneers, which is a pretty bold statement going into this. So tell me about what happened today with the Miami Dolphins and, and kind of your perception about it. So, yeah, so before we start, let's let's get two things out of there just to begin with. So we can totally separate Tom Brady's overall career as a Buccaneer and this one moment, this one decision that he made. Like, you can you can be a great person and make mistakes, right? Like, we're all human. So, well, with that in mind, imagine I've started a relationship with a, a new girl, you know? Like, it, it's a brand-new relationship. Yet, whenever you start that new relationship, you know, you've got to get used to those people that were in that, you know, your new partner's life that were in there prior to you coming along. And let's say the girl that I've started a relationship with, she has a dude that's been crushing on her for a long time now. You know, maybe she shows some interest back here and there. You know, they flirt a time or two, kind of like what Brady did with the Dolphins when he was with the Patriots. And so instead of just completely cutting that guy out of your life as your relationship goes on, Maybe she's got some doubts about me, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. But she just pays that one guy that was crushing on her just enough attention to keep him around, to keep him interested. You know, she never cuts him off, never fully goes into me, you know, uh, fully invest in our relationship. That's essentially what Tom Brady did with the Buccaneers and the Dolphins. And at the end of the day, that's not loyal. I mean, in this one situation, in this vacuum, that is not a loyal process. And the biggest, the biggest thing about it is, is this would not be a big deal if it didn't happen in December while there were still games on the schedule. I mean, this supposedly, this contact in 2021, while Brady was still obviously under contract with the Buccaneers, it happened, according to the NFL's report, in early December at the latest. So that means it was before Chris Godwin tore his ACL, most likely, because that happened in Week 15 against the Saints. Um, it, It was right when the Buccaneers were in the middle of this NFC South title run. Like, why not just wait two more months? And I'm not an idiot. I'm not naive. I'm not a, I'm not a hey, you've got to follow the rules type of person. I know that there is illegal tampering during the offseason, but that's the key. It's during the offseason. This happened during the regular season. And just in my mind, especially, like, it's just so uncharacteristic of Tom Brady to do something like this, to just focus on something else outside of the task at hand. At the end of the day, it was not a loyal move. It, it reeks of egocentrism, in my opinion, because he was suspended for deflating footballs, right? That investigation took two years to conclude, Will. This this only took six months. Like He knew <laughs> that the NFL was going to put everything behind it to figure this stuff out, especially if they're going to spend two years of their time on deflated footballs. So either, and he had a chance to get in front of this for the last however many months these reports have been out, but he did pretty much a no answer at his last press conference. Um, He never really took that opportunity to get in front of it and 
kind of neutralize the situation. So now it's just opened up this entire can of worms to where I still don't think there's any truth to the San Francisco stuff. I definitely don't think there's any truth to the, you know, him getting Bruce Arians, quote unquote, demoted stuff. But now at this point, you can't blame people if they're wondering why and what's going on because it was just really short-sighted, um, like I said, disloyal, and at the end of the day, extremely unbrady-like. And I don't know what he was thinking because he could have just waited two more months when the season was over in February, and they could have gone about this then. But obviously, we don't know, you know, what happened behind the behind closed doors in that regard. I guess it's sort of those things where he knew that he wouldn't be in any sort of trouble for this, that the Dolphins might get in trouble, which they did. Uh, there's no risk of Tom being suspended or have any sort of penalty for this for this ruling that came down today. Uh, you know, I have a very similar take to you. It, it involved a, a woman in it. Tom Brady is the popular hot chick, homecoming queen, and uh, he knows what he is. And I think that... I don't know. I was a little bit, it bums me out that he wasn't like, I'm, you know, a buccaneer through and through, you know, but also at the same time, it's like, you know, a chick breaks up with her boyfriend and then she starts with the nice guy and the guy goes, I can't believe that I got her, but I got her and I know it's not going to last, but I'm going to enjoy her while I got her. And that's kind of the position that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in here. So I, it's hard to fault Tom Brady. I still love Tom so much with all of my heart, and I'm sorry to hear about these allegations, and I did feel a little bit slighted, but I also just know and understand you know, where we're at here. Um, but it's what, what happened today? What exactly did the league find out with, this, uh, with the Miami Dolphins today? So, yeah, they, and going to your point real quick, yeah, and that's my, that's my stance at the end of the day is I, because you know me, I'm a Tampa Bay fan at the end of the day. I've, you know, grown up rooting for this team and fortunately covering the team, I'm able to put all that aside, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I still love Tom Brady. I'm still going to root for him and I, you know, I'm going to hope he does well, but at the end of the day, I do think he made a mistake and, you know, he was disloyal to this team. Either way, moving on. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out just because, you know, at the end of the day, whenever it comes down to what the Dolphins did, the NFL literally said that it was an egregious act, you know, and even Rappaport was on NFL Network earlier. You know, he said, I've been doing this for 10 years now, you know, at the height of, you know, being an NFL insider. And he said, I've never seen anything like this, you know, it's, you know, compared with this back-to-back with the Deshaun Watson case, you know, the NFL has just, you know, been in crazy, crazy legal proceedings these last few days. Um, but so the Dolphins essentially tried to hire Sean Payton while he was still with the Saints. They tried to bring in Brady. They tried to give him part ownership. They tried to also, they had talks about um, him potentially playing quarterback. Then the whole Stephen Ross tanking thing, at the end of the day, it got chalked up to um, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, she said, there was a lot of misconstrued statements, a lot of things taken out of context, but they did find enough evidence to where it did look like, or I mean, sorry, it did reflect that the Dolphins, Stephen Ross in particular, was trying to sway his team in the direction to lose games in order to better the draft position. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a tampering that got them um, their first round pick in 2023 and their third round pick in 2024 taken away. So it was ultimately the Tom Brady and Sean Payton stuff. But yeah, the the Dolphins, I mean, 
<laughs> they were straight up, I mean, mafia style in this thing, just doing all these clandestine meetings and, you know, organizing all these all these backdoor shenanigans and just wild, man. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't work. <laughs> if you're going to cheat, at least at least win at the end of the day. <laughs> right. So was the was the plan that Tom was going to potentially come in and, and play quarterback for the Dolphins this year? They said that they touched on conversations about that, yes. Um, now, in the report, it never said, like, they were adamant about it or anything was ever set in stone, but... Yeah, in the report, it did say, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is correct context, uh, it did say that they, there were discussions about Tom playing quarterback at times. Mm, okay, but definitely some sort of ownership, um, you know, uh, going forward with the Dolphins. Right, for sure. And the key thing here is for him to be part owner and quarterback or even just play for the team in general, 24 or 32 owners have to approve it. Plus, Tampa Bay has to sign off on the trade, which we all know they never would have traded him unless it was for five first-round picks like Bruce Arians did. Um, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, Tom still picked up the phone, listened, and you know, partook in whatever conversations. And like I said, he could have just waited until February to do it. You know, I wonder, too, if, if Tom would have just went to the Glazers and said, listen, I got you a Super Bowl. I, this is what I would like to do now. I'm at the final stage of my career. I want to go play for the Dolphins. They're giving me some sort of ownership. Maybe potentially the Glazers would have said, we'll give you ownership, play for us. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, I, do you think yeah, that the Glazers would have had enough to say, Tom, thank you so much for what you've done for us and organization, and uh, we'll just you know sign your papers and release you? I mean, it would make sense, and it would look really bad in terms of optics, wouldn't it, if the Dolphins, who he's never even, you know, done anything but kick the Dolphins' ass throughout his entire career. I mean, he just beat them 45-17 to 17 last year. It, that's the only thing he's done the, done his entire career is beat up on the Dolphins. So if they're willing to give him part ownership, but Tampa isn't, and he won a Super Bowl and, you know, first NFC South title since 2007, number one record, or at least tied for the number one record in the NFL last year, all these, you know, just records broken. Um, it, it would definitely look bad. So, I mean, obviously this is pure speculation on my end, but you would think that, yeah, they would definitely throw him a bone at the end of the day. Because he could have, I mean, potentially signed in Miami when he was a free agent with New England. And I think this goes back with the Dolphins talking to him even when he was in New England. Was there some sort of deal with Brian Flores? I know he was a, a Patriots coordinator that they didn't get along or something, so that's why it didn't work out with them initially to go to Miami? That I'm not entirely too sure of. What I would imagine that held everything up about him initially not going to Miami in 2020 uh, would be the fact that Sean Payton still had Drew Brees. You know, he retired after the 2020 season, and then we saw what happened last year. Obviously, Jameis was playing pretty well before the injury, but then he had to rotate between um, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill for the rest of the season. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but that would make me want to retire from coaching real quick. Uh, so, I think... I think a lot of it had to do, and maybe even all of it had to do with just Peyton wasn't ready to make that move. The Dolphins obviously have not been a very, um, what's the word I'm looking here for, stable franchise over the last 10, 15 years. And yeah, Brian Flores was the head coach down in Miami at the time. So maybe there was some kind of rift there or something like that. Who knows? Because I mean, we all know Brady hates head coaches anyways because what he did to Bruce Arians, right? So, <laughs> but, that, that, I mean, but yeah, at the end of the day, there could be something there that caused some kind of friction. 
Yeah, it's it's odd because there was that famous statement too, where I think he was on where Tom was on LeBron James program, and they were talking about how he got you know to where he was after leaving the Patriots, and um, the alleged uh, they're going to stick with that mf'er statement was said. Right. Right. That seems like, and it was speculated that it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he was with the Dolphins at the time, so maybe that you know could have been the case. Could have very well been. You never know, man. NFL NFL's wild, and that's why I say at the end of the day. Like I said, if this if this whole Brady thing, this report came out and Brady talked even even before he retired, like if he talked to him two days after the Rams Rams game, that would have been fine because there are there are not games left on the schedule. But it's just so hard for me to get over the fact that especially when there are meaningful games left on the schedule, he was out there talking about his post Buccaneers life and trying to figure out what to do. It just I don't know. I just it's hard for me to get over that part. Yeah, me too. But you know, again, I just go back to just happy to have them, and we're just going to enjoy them while we got them. And then, uh, do you think that that's, that's with battered, that's the battered syndrome? Yes, yeah, <laughs> Stockholm syndrome a little bit, but uh, it's fun while it lasts. Now, do you think that there's a lot of speculation that this is it for him, that this will be his final year? And maybe if this stuff didn't come out, maybe it would have been, and he would have moved on, or just retired, or maybe moved on to the Dolphins. Do you think that that's completely out now with this investigation and and what the NFL found? It would just be a bad look if he if he went to the Dolphins after the season, right? Yeah, I mean that's a great question, and obviously he's a free agent after this year. He's going to be forty five. He'll be turning forty six next year before the season starts. You know, he did the. I'm going to play till I'm 45. You know, he finished that. Honestly, I, I still think it's over after this year. I, he's just, I think this whole offseason in general is going to take such a toll on him. And I'm not saying that in a bad way at all because we all know Brady is, you know, Mr. Mental Fortitude. He overcomes all mental obstacles. I'm just saying this, the, these last few months would have taken a toll on any human being in this world. Uh, I mean, just, the highs and lows, how everything has come to fruition. You know, it's all started from his retirement, which was supposed to be, you know, for lack of a better word, maybe this is too strong of a word, but like a sacred, you know, um, deal for him. You know, I mean, not every NFL player gets to retire in a certain fashion on their own terms. I mean, this whole offseason has just been a drag for him. So I could very well see him just putting it all out there this year, which obviously is what Tampa Bay fans would love to hear. Um, putting it all out this year, trying his best. And if it doesn't work at the end, he doesn't get to the big one and wins it. And, you know, I, th- I think he'll. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.